This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. You're going to get everything I got. Everything I got. Give me everything you got. Do it for the man next to you. Let's go. Let's go, Raiders on three. One, two, three. Let's go get this. We talk about rebuilding, rebuilding. How do you rebuild? I don't think that Gruden came in to rebuild. I think he came to set his roster on fire. Raider Nation, what is going on? What a wild freaking day. Roller coaster of emotions. Everything's been nuts. Definitely not like, you know, you just think like simple roster cut down day. We're going to get to 53 players. Maybe there's a couple tough decisions. Man, this is crazy. Is it? But it's, you know, I guess you could say it's it's surprising. Of course, like the, the Lynn Bowden stuff. We're going to probably get into that right off the bat. That's surprising. But is it surprising? We're Raiders fans. Is this something new to us? Do we not deal with this crap every single year? First it's Mac. Then it's Brown. I mean, it's a little bit different on different scale, but kind of the same shock factor, right? Kind of the same roller coaster of emotion. So what's a Raiders football season without some craziness? Shout out to the chat. The chat, Raiders fans, Raider Nation, you guys are getting crazy in there already. You've been chatting. There's, I mean, a few hundred comments probably in the in last two or three hours. I like popped in. I wanted to check on the feed at like five o'clock and there's like already like a dozen comments in there. So Obviously, that's kind of how crazy this day's been. Absolutely off the hook. But welcome to episode 101. 101. Brought to you by DoorDash, NFL Sunday Ticket, and Bet Online. Listen on your guys' favorite podcast platform. Um, I'm dropping it Sunday nights. Um, of course, it'll be directly after the games during the regular season, but on Sunday nights, Monday, you can wake up and you can listen to all my great deals that I have for you on your favorite podcast platforms. Next week. I was going to put a graphic in here for, for you guys, but I already forgot. Uh, next week, we start our post-game shows because we got football. So as soon as the Raiders and the Panthers are done, as soon as that game ends, 
we're going to be going live here on this channel. So make sure you guys are subscribed and you have all your notifications on because post-game shows I'm really excited for. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed this shirt here. We got Lucille on the shirt. Shout out to Lucille, Legend of Lucille. If you guys like this shirt, if you want to learn more about it, I got a link down in the description where you can buy this shirt. So go down in there, support it. She's doing like a uh, partial donation towards Ricky's Sports Bar. If you guys know that in the Bay Area, if you guys have been to any Raiders games or um, any, any, I guess, night before the game parties, you guys would know Ricky's Sports Bar. So get in there and she does a partial donation for anything purchased on these shirts. This is my favorite, the OG Lucille. You'll see it on there. Maybe even get yourself a sticker. Look at you, Lucille. You send me a shirt and you get a plug like that. Bam. Get yourself a sticker too. So getting into the episode. This is crazy. This is crazy. Lynn Bowden Jr. coming out of nowhere, basically. I- I'm not going to mess around. I'm just going to get into it. Right? He gets traded to Miami for a fourth round pick. Right. So we send Bowden and a sixth for a fourth. Now, there's a lot of trade numbers here with him between him and McMillan. So if I get a little mixed up, I apologize. I'm just trying to try to do it off the top here. I just kind of I, I do the show off the top. And initially, I feel it's like the emotion just hits me like, what? Does it 100% bug me? Not like crazy, I guess, because he hasn't played it down. But isn't that nuts? You know, we, I mean, we spent a third round pick on him. And we're trading him before the season even starts. Is that a bad look? Yes, it's a bad look. Would this result have happened if we had a normal offseason? No, I think if that's the case, I don't think we would have even drafted him. Um, I, did, I did a Mike Mayock little kind of like presser. I you know, took some bullet points from his talk on Chalk Talk. I still have that in my videos here on YouTube. If you go back a few videos, you'll see a big Mike Mayock thumbnail. And he has a quote in there on Lynn Bowden Jr., and he's talking about how they had like a, they had fifth, like the one meeting that they had with all these players, they had like a 15 minute meeting and that's all they could get. And they're trying to find ways that they can, you know, meet with these guys and pull as much knowledge and learn as much about them as possible in those 15 minutes. Had they liked them the way they did and it was a normal off season, they probably would have pulled them in for a visit or they would have somehow had a conversation with them or they would have learned more. They would have learned way more about him, I'm sure, if they were that intrigued. So do I think he, they would have drafted him still? Most likely, hmm, up in the air. I think it's a greater possibility that they don't draft him if it was a regular offseason. So now that it's happened, and I feel like I've spent the last couple of weeks because there's been reports coming out that he's struggling in camp, and even a report came out today after the trade that said he was just flat out beat. I mean, who did he have? I mean, I think if he was beat out in camp, Theo Riddick, I think, would be on the roster. Right? Jalen Richard was a roster lock no matter what. Jalen Richard was on the roster before we drafted Lynn Bowden. Devontae Booker didn't beat out Lynn Bowden, in my opinion. I don't think he was beat out in camp. I mean, not talent-wise. I get it. Maybe he struggled in pass blocking, but what do you expect out of a rookie quarterback switching to running back and having to do NFL pass blocking duties. I don't expect him to excel that much. So I I expect that struggle. I expect him to have a steep learning curve. I've been talking about this. He had the steepest learning curve of any rookie. But if your mentals aren't there, 
if you're not plugged into the game, if you're not 100% about football, that's going to be the one thing that Mike Mayock and John Gruden aren't going to tolerate. They are not going to tolerate guys that do not 100% eat, breathe, and sleep football. So I think it could be a little, you know, there's some character concerns there. The, the tweets. What are these tweets coming from? There, there's one in particular, and he deleted it, and that's what's crazy. This was almost a month ago. Let me pull it up here. It's August 13th. You guys can't see it, but I can. Sorry. Ha ha. He says, I know when I ain't wanted. And he puts a little emoji. Like that. Oh, his face. It's like, like that. A little emoji, right? I know when I ain't wanted. And deleted it within a few minutes. And I remember he posted like a highlight tape after that. So, obviously, I think there was some concern. Knowing Mike Mayock and John Gruden, if there's some concern... You know, they're going to try and work things out. Seems to me like these responses, these, these tweets, was him almost knowing, maybe, that there was something up, that either the coach or Mike Mayock just wasn't all in on him, like there was some doubt. It's easy to sense. I mean, we, we know that. So, you know, you know, whenever someone's like, you know, weird with you. And it seemed like he was maybe, it seemed like he was just blaming other people. Seems like he's getting on there and almost complaining, almost just kind of like not really throwing fits, but not taking any blame. He wasn't letting it humble himself. It seemed like he was just kind of getting on there and, and, and saying things like it wasn't his fault, like everything was against him. Hey, and that's, and that's okay. You know, if that's how he feels, that's okay. But I can tell you that Mike Mayock and John Gruden aren't going to tolerate that kind of attitude. Um, they want to groom football players. And I think they did a great job with last year's rookie class. Obviously, a lot of them are already turning into captains this year. You hear Trayvon Mullen stepping up, um, being a leader of the defense. Jonathan Abram, huge vocal leader. Cleveland Farrell, great captain. A lot of these guys. Hunter Renfro has been a great mentor to a lot of the young rookies coming in this year. Obviously, this is a recipe that we've had since last year. So if they feel like Bowden can't fit that mold and that he can't develop and he can't be somewhat of a leader in this locker room and he's not going to fit, then that, I think, would play into it. Obviously, this, a lot of it is you know speculation. But I think it's a lot more than just getting outplayed on the football field. You, you take a third-round draft pick and you try and change, change positions like that. And if it's just skill and struggling picking up the system, a very complex system, something that Derek calls you know, the hardest system in football, um, when you call it that and you, and, you, and you pick a guy and ask him to change positions and play multiple, multiple positions, be that like Swiss Army knife of the offense, you should be patient with them. And obviously, we weren't. So that makes me just speculate that there's a lot more to it than that. But I will say, draft classes are hit or miss. And, and, and it's wild because all of a sudden now we're coming out of the woodworks and we want to think like, oh, Mike Mayock isn't who we thought he was. Give me a freaking break. We, we've lived through these drafts where we had with even like Reggie McKenzie. Shout out, you know, a hey, big fan of Reggie McKenzie. I loved how he structured his contracts. I think he was a great GM. I think he kind of kickstarted, you know, the rebuild and, and um, I guess the, the culture change of our team in 2016. But outside, or I'm sorry, of 2014. And 2014, I think, was probably his one solid draft where, like, the only guys that are still on the roster from his squad were from that 2014 draft. So to think that the chat's going crazy. Shout out to the chat. It's going to be impossible for me to keep up with you guys just because I have so much myself to talk about. A lot of emotion tonight. A lot of emotion tonight, guys. 
it's what it's about being a Raider fan, though, because um, you just kind of you take it and you run with it because there's nothing you can do about it. But these draft classes, they're a crapshoot. How many other teams landed the draft class that we did last year? Not very many. I feel like the draft class this year is still pretty good. Okay, yeah, whatever, the third round miss with Lynn Bowden. Yes, it's a third round miss. No matter how you paint it up, yes. Did they make the right choice now? Yes, I feel like they made the right choice now. I would rather him, I'd rather Mike Mayock and John Gruden decide to take the hit now rather than try and maybe make this work. If they got a bad vibe and it doesn't work and Lynn Bowden isn't a good fit in the locker room, then what does he do? Just kind of like, you know, kind of like die on the roster the next few years? It doesn't fit. I mean, what does he do? If they don't think he's going to help this football team, What's he going to do on this roster? It's not going to help it. So why not get a little bit of that draft capital back? So I think it was a good choice now. Now, was it a good choice from the get-go? No, but the draft is a crapshoot. So, hey, shout out to them for being humble enough. And this was like the first thing that ran through my mind whenever it happened was shout out to them for being humble enough to admit their faults. And there's been this narrative. (laughs) Raiders fans, we got plenty of narratives, whether it's on our players or our staff or our team or whatever. I love that they were able to admit they're wrong and that they were able to go out there and say, ooh, okay, we missed. Let's uh, get what we can, cut our losses. Love that. Love that about Mike Mayock and John Gruden right now. That, In my book, that gave them an extra tool in their bag of tricks because I feel like they're, they're so good on so many levels. That's just something else now that's just been added to them, um, and I love everything about that. I want to give a shout out real quick to the super chat because the super chat was going wild before the show even started. Um, give a shout out to Eddie Munoz, man. I appreciate that. Everything, anything super chatted and donated to the show goes into the show. This, this platform is built on the audience, um, whether that's through money or just through eyes and ears. Um, so shout out to everyone that's listening now. Um, share it anywhere. Again, super chat again. Uh, appreciate you, Diego. Uh, Diego came in earlier and he basically was making the point that we needed to make because he's on the Dolphins now. He's a Dolphin. They saw we saw him as kind of like like a running back was going to be that. Like I said, the Swiss Army knife. He was taking snaps at quarterback. He was taking snaps in the slot, things like that. So the Dolphins see him as a slot, and okay, like cool, maybe they do. Like he could probably play some wide receiver. He barely played any in college. So if you want to take on that project, awesome. Diego Lopez thinks that we need to make. Bowden a non-factor when do we play them like week 15 or 16 it's late in the year and let me tell you something let me tell you something I don't even need to make a statement right now because I'm gonna let history talk for itself look what's happened to the last guys that ran off because we got Lynn Bowden right now and Demarius Randall you want to scroll through their Twitter likes shout out to Matt Fallon Matt Fallon uh jumping on with silver and black today shout out to my buddy um he made this point right before I jumped on the show and I wanted to hit on it. And that's Lynn Bowden and Demarius Randall are liking things that are anti-Raiders on Twitter. So you can go through their likes on Twitter and you can see that they're talking anti-Raider stuff or liking anti-Raider stuff, not really talking. They're sly about it. They're slick about it, right? Let's look at the last guys that went through this, right? Probably one of the darkest times is the Khalil Mack thing. We have this big Khalil Mack revenge game. Revenge game, man. He's going to take down Gruden. This whole narrative was going the whole time about Khalil Mack. Guess what John Gruden did? Shut that guy down on what's happened ever since. John Gruden looks like a genius on that draft. The Bears look screwed, right? They paid a lot of money for this guy. And after that, man, we took the wind out of his sails. 
Marquette King goes and he makes a video. Talented player, loved Marquette King when he was on the Raiders. It was great. Goes and makes a video making fun of John Gruden. What happens? Career is pretty much gone. I'm telling you guys, it's been a wild, a wild day. Enough about Lynn Bowden for now. I'd like for you guys, real quick in the chat, while we start hitting these next topics, woo, shout out to Stage Door Casino. Big shout out to Stage Door Casino. Um, we're going to be going there while we're on the topic now. I want you guys to go ahead and drop a area code or a state or a city or a country. It's pretty late here on the West Coast of the United States. So I'd imagine not too many people are watching outside of that. But I want you to go ahead and drop where you're watching this from. But next week, while we're, uh, we, we got this live show, right? This post-game live show next week. The week after that, the home opener. I'm going to be at Stage Door Casino in Las Vegas. Obviously, we can't go to the game, but we're going to find a place, a watch party. We're going to be safe. We'll practice social distancing. We'll have our masks. We'll be safe. And we're going to go there, and we're going to enjoy Las Vegas with Raider Nation. So shout out to Stage Door Casino. That's where I'm going to be. Shout out to John. We'll be connecting with John. Uh, We'll be doing whatever we can. Hopefully, they're open. That's the goal. Chat's rolling. We got the chat going. So, going to these next topics. Let's hit this. Um, before I want, I, want, I was going to review the roster. You know what? I'm going to review the roster. I'm going to have Hondo Carpenter on here in a little bit. I'm going to review the roster again after I talk to him. This is going to be a loaded show, guys. Loaded show. Way too much to talk about. I think we'll see how this timing goes. So, the first of a few key topics that happened this week, leading up to these roster cuts. The Raiders traded offensive tackle David Sharp in a seventh to the Washington football team for a sixth round pick. And I felt like David Sharp, shout out to Nick, Nick in the chat with a super chat again. Love that. Like I said, all donations go into building this platform. Nothing hits my pocket. Everything goes into building this platform and enjoying things with you guys. But David Sharp in a seventh round pick to the Washington football team for a sixth. And I felt like David Sharp was going to be the second swing tackle on this roster behind Sam Young. Well, Sam Young gets cut. I think there's ways that he sticks around. We'll talk about that more later. Um, and instead, we kind of get, you know, we go with Brandon Parker. So that, that David Sharp trade, in my opinion, I don't think necessarily that that's Brandon Parker winning the job. I think that's more we had a tackle on the roster. That wasn't a big priority to us, but had some trade value. So why not use a player that might not even get used this year to move up a pick in the draft? That's how I see this whole trade. That's how I see the David Sharp thing going down. I don't think it's just that he got beat out, because if he wasn't very good, then why would anybody want to trade for him? I think he at least had some decent talent, obviously had something there to move us up in the draft. So why not? David Sharp plays for the Washington football team now. Here's one, and this is something that I called a few weeks ago. Um, kind of like I predicted it, was kind of weird about it, uh, but Prince of Mukamara, um, I kind of had this like gut feeling that we could cut ties just because our young guys are playing so well this year. So Prince of Mukamara um, ends up getting cut and makes complete sense because 
this is another thing. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like peel back the curtain and try and think like what, you know, you would think in this office. It's not just like, it doesn't work like Madden. You don't just look at value and move on. I could see something with Prince of Mukamara saying like, Hey, you know, we're not really gonna have a role for you. It could be something that he wouldn't be satisfied with. So let's have a mutual agreement. We'll get you out there on the market early. Teams will know what they're looking at. Maybe they're looking out for Prince of Mukamara and he can maybe find a team or a roster to jump on before the season starts. So now they know what they're dealing with. Um, so if, you, if, if they just want to cut ties, they're going to cut ties in that sense. I'm going to make things happen early. So Prince of Mukamara was something that I saw. I kind of like, I don't want to say I backpedaled on it, but I did also like see the other side of things where we could just keep a veteran on the roster just because of the weird offseason that we're having. So, um, yes. Shout out to the moderator here in the chat, 509 Raider. He, yes, I think it will change. I think it will change. And whenever I review the roster, I'll kind of like hit on a couple things that I could see moving around um, in the next week, basically. Woo. Here's a non-Raider news. Chargers Derwin James goes down for the season. Down for the season. There's a meniscus, I believe. Top, top of my head. Sorry, guys, if it's wrong. Top of my head. Not very good. Um, obviously, this is. I think he played five games last year. Obviously, not going to play 2020 now. So, Derwin James. I never want to see a division rival or any player of that matter, any opponent team, going down with an injury. It's not something I ever cheer for. Not something I ever cheer for. Maybe Tyreek Hill. Okay, we're not going to get into that. I never. I don't. I don't root for injury. Uh, but him going down. Obviously, is a huge blow to that Charger secondary, and man, they're just so cursed. What do they have going on over there? That and Tyrell Williams, even like Tyrell Williams comes over, he just can't shake the curse. Like, what the heck? The the third shoulder injury. We'll get into that right now. Tyrell Williams to injured reserve. I haven't talked much about that, but the third shoulder injury now. Same 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 shoulder. Tore it in college. Played the whole season. Tore it in twenty seventeen. Into 2017, I believe. Um, played the final games, and then now obviously he's getting season-ending surgery. I don't know what it is. E- even uh, is it Jason Verrett? Right, he went to the the 49ers and, and he got hurt again. Like he's like limping off the field. I don't know what it is about the Chargers and injuries. I mean, their injuries show up more than their fans do to their stadium. That's rude. I need to work on being nicer to Chargers fans. One day I'm gonna get jumped by like all seven of them. So, Tyro Williams IR, I see this as a move where Brian Edwards is going to kind of get the, like, shot to earn his role. He's going to, like, get that opportunity. Like, he's like, I don't want to say he's next man up, but that's who the Raiders envision taking over that role. Brian Edwards, Henry Ruggs. That'd be amazing, right? Of course, health comes into play. Chemistry comes into play. Um, performance comes into play. Effort, hard work. We got to see those things. Um, shout out to the super chat van guy again, van guy two Oh nine coming in. Saw you guys last week. Um, now that Abram is released, who will start beside Abram? That's Eric Harris's job. That is Eric Harris's job. So I believe Eric Harris, he's earned all his snaps. Let me, let me, let me for a minute. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna go on a little Eric Harris thing because I absolutely love Eric Harris. And what I love about him is his character. Eric Harris has earned every snap that he's played in the NFL, whether it's for the Raiders, 
or for the potato chip factory that he worked at. I mean, really, his, his hard work and his work ethic it has really gotten him to this point. And I get it. Maybe you know, people will say, oh, you know, he's not starting quality. But every year he's taken a step. He's, take, he's, he's gone another level. He's improved in some area. Last year, he got so good, he became Phillip Rivers' dad. I mean, have you seen that? He adopted an NFL player that was older than him as his own child. That's amazing. Eric Harris is great, in my opinion, as a football player and as a Raider. I love me some Eric Harris. So he's earned that job. He's, earning that, he's earned that starting job. And I have Jeff Heath as a guy that's in a role to be a great special teamer and a great backup that can come in and take both Eric Harris' spot or Jonathan Abrams' spot if need be. Hopefully not, but if need be. Man, I'm really, I got to take it easy here on the uh, Charger stuff. I just said I'm going to be nicer, and then I go, like, dropping more jokes. need to relax. It's been that kind of day. You get the emotions rolling, and the only way you can get through the emotions is just to laugh through it, right? Last couple things I want to hit on. Um, oh, I didn't finish the, the topic of Brian Edwards. So he, he, I, he envision, I envision him. I think the Raiders envision him as taking that role. I see Zay Jones, though. Hear me out. I see Zay Jones being the guy that comes in and could be splitting reps at least. If anything, I see it a little bit more on the Zay Jones side. Mike Mayock called him most improved player. No, John Gruden, I think, called him most improved player this offseason. And how can you not agree? And it's, almost, it's been written. If you guys have watched my show this offseason, you know how high I've been on Zay Jones. We had Hoku in here, close friend of his. We see how much he's worked. We see all this crazy offseason stuff, and we see our team out there practicing, and it starts with Derek and Zay throwing, and that started with Zay reaching out to Derek. Zay wanted to get better. Zay wants to prove everybody wrong. Zay Jones, baby. He's going to ball. Shout out in the chat. Zay Jones is going to ball out. I'm super pumped for him, dude. He wants to prove everybody wrong. He wants to be a Raider. He wants to live in Vegas. He wants to end his career here. And that's what being in the silver and black is all about. I absolutely love Zay Jones. And don't forget Nelson Aguilar. I get it. Nelson Aguilar isn't like some popular dude amongst fan bases. Yeah, he gets like the drop jokes, but I don't care. I've said this many times. How many wide receivers are on our roster have caught nine receptions in the Super Bowl? Hey, he stepped up at big times. Yeah, he's, he's had drop issues. But he gets separation. He's got legs. He can move. He plays well. Um, I see Zay, Nelson Aguilar mixing in there a little bit. Brian Edwards earning his spot. Hunter Renfro being the GOAT on third down. And Henry Ruggs out there just burning people up. So that's where I sit with that. Damon Arnett, my dude. I've been calling him or predicting. After how crazy this off, hey, shout out to Toke in the chat. Make sure you guys, if you guys are, if you guys are any way, shape, or form into gaming, or you're into all your stuff, and you're not subscribed to Toke, huge Raider fan, the best YouTube gamer there is. Anything Madden, anything, subscribe to that channel right there. You'll see a verified Toke, my guy. So Damon Arnett gets in a soft cast. So this thing gets reported. That he has what, like a fractured thumb or something, broken thumb. And that's okay. I see it as he played all his senior season at Ohio State, that like 
broken hand in, in a hard cast. I mean, just a balled up cast. You can't do anything with it. And he played well. He was still a shut down guy. Um, him coming in with this like fractured thumb, soft cast, kind of wrapped up, still has movement. I think he's gonna be fine. We saw this last year with Max Crosby. Give him a few weeks, let him heal. He's he's been practicing through it for a while. I dug something up. It was like two weeks before this was even reported um, that he had everything like wrapped up. So I think he's just dealing with some pain. I don't think it's anything crazy. I think we deal with this for a little while. Hopefully we can see things progress and hopefully he can get healing up before the season. I'd like to see him midway through the season be 100% and not have anything on that hand. What hand was it? Right hand. I'd like to not see anything on that hand. Um, so that's where I sit with Damon Arnett. No worries. Really no worries. No worries at all. We're going to get in some more conversation here about this roster after I talk to Hondo Carpenter. You guys, if you have not listened to Hondo Carpenter on the show, you guys are going to love Hondo Carpenter. He's full of energy. He's a reporter. Um, he covers Insider for Sports Illustrated. But you would not think, you would think this guy was part of the fan base. He gets so fired up. He loves the team that he covers, and he loves the fans that he talks to. Shout out to the Super Chat. Omar, five bucks. Omar. Um... Mariota is not the answer. Believe that we should draft a quarterback. Ooh, I'm losing your comment here. Draft a quarterback regardless. A record 2021 quarterback is deep. Yeah, I mean, drafting quarterback is, is, is one thing. I guess drafting quarterback could be an answer. But I don't quite see it just because I feel like there's always an answer to find a backup in a veteran. Find a guy that just comes in, plugs and plays for a couple years, and if he wants to move on, go get another job, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, but Mario, Mar- I mean, I want Mariota to get healthy. I'm, I'm still high on Mariota. I think he's a capable backup. Um, but I see him as one of those guys, just like I said, that could get healthy, could maybe prove himself, and not maybe getting a shot somewhere else. I don't see him being like a long time Raider. You know what I'm saying? I see him finding an option somewhere else. So, real quick, I got everything set up here, right? We're going to take this quick break. I'm going to get Hondo Carpenter on the phone, and we'll be right back to talk some more about this crazy day. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while the dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that is code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live, out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices. Plus, Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. Now, no matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. (laughs) 
Hondo, Carpenter, joining me here on the Stage Door Casino Hotline. Make sure you, every time you guys are in Vegas, you guys visit Raider Nation's home base, Stage Door Casino. But joining me now, insider, reporter for Sports Illustrated, covers and writes for the Raider Maven there. Make sure you guys are kept up here with Hondo's content coming out. Lots of black hole articles. Great stuff. Something that we've never seen here as a fan base. But Hondo, excited to talk to you again. What's up, buddy? How you doing, friend? It's always good to be on with you, Cody. Yeah, we have a good time. And Hondo, tonight is the first time in a long time that I feel like we really have some, almost like, you know, it's like a little little juice, a little fire, a little emotion. You know, something something kind of hit sent like a shockwave through Raider Nation. And before I get your, your initial reaction to this roster, I want to ask you specifically about Lynn Bowden, your opinion. Um, as you know, Cody, and you can tell your listeners if I'm lying or not, I have specific, have written and said to you on your cast, and I've written, um, you know, it, everything with Bowden depends on does he end up wide receiver, does he end up at running back. <clears throat> and he didn't end up in any. He couldn't make the two deep on either one. He's a jack of all, of all trades, but wasn't a master of one. And so <clears throat> he didn't get cut because of his past blocking. But I've reported the fact that, I mean, he was getting put on his can. You can't play football on your can. And then <clears throat> in pass blocking and then running the ball and playing wide receiver, he was good, but he wasn't a top two. And at kick returner, he got beat out. At the end of the day, he was a guy that did a lot of things at Kentucky he did a lot of good things in college, a very good college player, but he could not make the Raiders. He would have made this team last year. That should tell you how good he was. Um, and then I also was, you know, I mean, uh, Raider Maven reported there was chemistry issues with his teammates. Mm. And so at the end of the day, this was just not a guy that was going to work out. And, you know, I, I give the Raiders credit for two things. People like to say it was a, well, it was a terrible pick. No, they were looking for playmakers and guys that can play multiple positions. Yeah. And so they went and got him. And then, because if he had panned out, he would have been a great pick. And at the end of the day, he simply got beat out by a deeper roster. And the chemistry issues hurt him. And so the what the Raiders did was not what the Raiders did in the past, where they kept guys because of pride and everything else to prove, hey, we're going to prove to you this guy can play. They cut their losses and moved on and were able to get something from them. Was it a disappointing draft pick? Absolutely. But with all of the hits they have made, you're going to get some bad ones. You know, and I, I, I have to say this. I am new to Raider Nation. I am new covering it. I've always admired the Raider Nation from afar. And I realize that on social media you get a lot of the negativity but some of the fans, you know, this was a disaster. This was terrible. Well, where are all you praising Mayock for all the home runs he had? And yeah. I'm just going to say this. if Nobody bats a 1,000, so you're the ones that would probably say that, you know, Ray Guy wasn't good because all of his punts weren't, you know, perfect. Or you'd make, you know, say something about Fred Bolitnikoff. At the end of the day, when they realized it wasn't going to work, they finished or cut bait and got rid of him and got something back for him. They should be applauded for that. And I don't care that this pick didn't work out because, dear Lord, they've made a lot of great ones that have, and they've earned the right to have a mulligan here. 
Yeah, yeah. No, and I, I, I'm right here with you on everything you just said, Hondo. I um, mean, obviously, there's things that go on that we don't know. Of course, you know, we're quick to judge and we want to dissect and we want to look into everything here. And all we can see is what we've been shown. All we can know, our knowledge, is what they want us to know. So there's a lot going on there, obviously, that we don't even know about. And we probably never will. Mike and John could have their own thing. And that's their decision. They see what they see. And I guarantee you it's a million times more than anything that we know. Something I want you to reiterate on here for a second, Hondo, because I I hit on this a little bit ago, barely. um, But I'm going to need your back here because um, I need you to have my back because I feel like Mike Mayock, all of a sudden, everyone's coming out of the woodworks and they want to, you know, basically almost kind of drag him for this. And I get it. You know, was it a bad pick right now? Yes, given the circumstances of the offseason, you know, things could have been different if it was a normal offseason. Now, the draft wait, is wait, a crapshoot. Wait, shoot. wait, wait, wait. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to not calling you out, Cody. Okay, call me out. I'm going to question. Okay, you say it was a bad pick. Well, they picked him in the third round, and they yeah. got to kick the tires on him the entire training camp, and they still got an NFL team to give him a fourth-round back. Yeah, yeah. So I, th- I, I think know- we took – we took a hit to the capital, I mean, but I, I don't think – I mean, now listen, If this yeah, was a okay. first-rounder or a second-rounder where you can't afford misses and they're getting rid of them, that's a bad pick. But you're dealing with – and I always say 34 and 5 guys, you fully expect to make your team, and if they don't, there better be a good reason. Yeah. And I will always be held to that standard. But you're looking at a guy that they didn't have to cut him. There was still an NFL team that was – just as much intrigued that wanted him and were willing to give a fourth round pick back for him. So I, what I, I would say a disappointing pick for sure, but mm-hmm. a bad pick, cause I'm going to say something, all the people calling it a bad pick. Well, you're the, also the ones that when it was picked, called it great. You're, <laughs> you're also right. the ones that was filling my inbox <sighs> telling me, Oh, he should be the quarterback, not Derek Carr. And oh, you're yeah. also the ones telling me, I mean, so let's be honest here, and I, I want to say this. Sometimes Raider Nation is its own worst enemy. They eat their own. Mike mm-hmm. Mayock is a tremendous general manager who already has a track record of terrific personnel moves. Terrific. Not good. Terrific. I can give you one name, and I could give you a bunch. Max Crosby. And there's a bunch more. Ingold and others. I, I'm just not going to get into it. There's a ton of them. And at the end of the day, let's step back, take a deep breath, and if you want to attack your own, that's fine. But Mike Mayock is your general manager, and you're not going to find a better personnel guy. So he made a disappointing pick. Okay, great. But you're also some of the same people that wanted to go out and overpay Jadavian Clowney. (laughs) <laughs> so let's step back off the ledge, and you're probably the same ones who were sending me emails ripping me that Marcus Mariota should have been the starter. And I'm not even sure he was the second-best quarterback on this team. And I'm at practice while some of you are at home with your girlfriend whose last name is .jpeg. <laughs> I mean, I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just trying to be you're getting honest. your point across, yeah. Call it a disappointing pick, because it yeah. was. But some of the things I'm getting are just, you know, one guy called me a clown, and that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But you know what? 
I mean, let's be real here. It was a disappointing pick that an NFL team was still willing to give you a fourth rounder for. So you take it, you say, Merry Christmas, we kick the tires, and oh, by the way, Raider Nation, a guy that would have made your team last year wasn't good enough this year. I mean, at what point do you stop? You know, I like to live in the real world. I live in realville. I don't have the privilege as a as a sports journalist of living in the world of fandom. I have to live where my job is to tell people the truth. It was a disappointing pick. But they didn't get to spend a lot of time with Lynn. They don't know how the chemistry is going to work. Do they know how other guys are going to step up? No. And guys did and the fact that he didn't make the team means they were willing to swallow their pride and get rid of him because it's all about the best 53. For the same people screaming commitment to excellence, you're also being quick whiners. So if you wanted them to go overpay for Jadavian Clowney, if you're one of the people that said to me that he Bowden would be a better quarterback than Derek Carr or Marcus Mariota should have been, I don't want to hear from you. Don't want to hear it. But you know yeah. what? It was a disappointing pick, and I believe Mike Mayock himself would tell you that. But to act like, oh, it was a bad one. No, I'm not buying that. Because you know what? Other NFL teams were willing to trade and give you trade capital for him. Because once it word got out that he was going to probably, that he was up for trade, teams were waiting to say, well, wait a minute. We don't have to trade for him. They're going to cut him or put him on the practice. And they still were willing to give up trade capital to get him. You basically lost a pick. You but even if, it's, four. even if it's a disappointing pick, Hondo, like we're saying, we agree on that. It was a disappointing pick. It was underwhelming. That's the first one that we know of in the last two drafts. Hitting on at that point, you know, what was that, 20 players? Okay, I mean, we're, we're, we're still – it's almost a perfect batting average. At this point, we're just not even, even How about raising – under you know, undrafted free yes. agents. Javen White I mean, it, it, in a normal offseason, Javen White could have been a gem for us. Correct. And you know what? I'm just gonna say this to you. Every time a UDFA makes your team, you better be giving your general manager a ton of credit. You better go out there and say, let alone become a starter. So people need to step off the ledge. I know they're excited, football's coming. I get it. I get it and I understand it. And I love the passion of Raider Nation. This yeah. is not a slam on Raider Nation. But what it is, is it's a reality statement. You don't eat your own. And you yeah. know what? He's your guy. Mike Mayock has earned the right. His name isn't Callahan. He's earned the right to have a disappointing pick. And it's unfair. You know, people can say, oh, Hondo, you're a sunshine blower. Okay, that's fine. Say whatever you want. I don't care. Because at the end of the day, I'm trying to be as fair. And, Cody, I've said this on your broadcast so many times. My job is to tell the truth. My job isn't to blow sunshine, and my job isn't to blow negativity if it gets more clicks. My job that Sports Illustrated Raider Maven trusts me to do is to tell you the truth. And when they make a uh, – if this was a first-round pick – Second-round pick, I would do it. A three, four, five, were they able to get capital back? No. Below a five, it's 
kind of irrelevant to me. I don't expect those people to make the roster. But at the end of the day, when a guy does it, I'm going to tell you the truth, but I'm not going to just jump a guy so you guys all click. See, this is what I want Raider Nation to understand. I love your passion. I love it. I admire it. It's the same passion that I live my life with, whether it's my, for my family, for my walk with Christ, or whether it's for my job. If, the, my, if I'm going to do it in my life, I do it with passion. It's the only way worth living is to be passionate. But at the end of the day, you can't let your passion become ignorant. And it's a disappointing pick. But there were a lot of people today writing a lot of things, you know, nationally, whatever. Not picking on a lot of the local guys. I thought a lot of them did really well. But who played into Raider Nation and got a million clicks because they fed into it. But at the end of the day, you don't eat your own. It's your brother. It's like the Navy SEALs. Somebody, one of them gets hit. They don't leave with that body on the ground. They bring them with them. Mike Mayock has earned your respect. So if you want to trash Mike Mayock, let me tell you what you're doing. You're telling to anyone with a brain that reads what you say or hears you, I don't know football. I'm an emotional person with no ability to make a cognizant thought. I do am not smart enough to look at all of the moves he has made and applaud them in light of one disappointing pick. Therefore, hearing my voice is more valuable than sounding intelligent. I can't, and I refuse to argue with those people. I love it. Hondo Carpenter coming in here with some facts and some wisdom. That's what I love every time we talk here, buddy. And there's well, I'm, one... I'm 50, Cody. And, and <laughs> one advantage that I have is I, I respect the Raiders. I respect it. I think I... It's, it's, it's the premier professional sports fan tribe in all sports in the world. I put Manchester United off of close to it, the soccer team, and I hate soccer. I put the Montreal Canadiens there because of what they did in hockey. I put the Yankees there in baseball. But, but the point that I want people to grasp and I want people to get, in, uh, the Lakers in basketball. But I would put it all there to say this. If you want to have intelligent conversation, then say intelligent things. And when you rip, and you, I wish you could see the crap people have sent me, when you rip Mayock, you just don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I feel bad because people read a national guy who all he cares about is your clicks, and then they go and repeat it, and people are like, oh, man, all right, not listening to him. And I don't want people to look ignorant. I want people to be able to I want them to know when they go to, to, to Sports Illustrated's Raider Maven, Hey, I may not like what Hondo says every time, but I know he's going to tell me the truth. And the truth was, disappointing pick. No doubt about that. This is a guy that's a third rounder. But in lieu of everything he's done, nobody bats a thousand. These are the yeah. same period people that would tell Lou Gehrig, you suck, you struck out. <laughs> These are the same people that would say to Jackie Robinson, well, guess what? You never batted 950. You suck. These are the same, whatever. And these are the exact same people who do that. So you can't deal with people in their emotions. And so, you know what? At the end of the day, you got a young man who didn't make your team. 
who would have made it last year. That's called improvement. And that's Mike Mayock's job. Raider Nation, Mike Mayock just delivered you a 53-man roster exponentially better than last year. You are closer to a Super Bowl today than you've been in a long time. I don't think you're there. I think you're still a year away from competing for a Super Bowl. But you have a 53-man roster that's going to get you into the playoffs. Progress is being made. If you're so angry about Lynn Bowden, who in three months you're not even going to remember his name, then don't celebrate when you go into the playoffs. Don't do it. Buy a Chiefs jersey. Because evidently you must think every other team in the NFL does everything perfectly. I'm just trying to tell the truth. That's all. Not trying to be a cheerleader. I'm six foot nine and two hundred and fifty pounds. I'd look like crap in a dress. And I'm not <laughs> holding pom poms. Oh, I'm just man. trying to tell the truth and that's my job. One hundred percent Hondo. Hondo, I appreciate you coming in here and dropping some truth bombs here. Make sure everybody here in the chat, they've been asking about your show. Follow Hondo on Twitter at Hondo Carpenter, just how his name spelt out with the at sign, delete the space. Bam, you got him on Twitter. Um, and follow his stuff as he posts it to the Raider Maven on sportsillustrated.com, si.com. So, um, Hondo, I appreciate you joining me. And I'm sure, again, buddy, we'll talk soon. Hey, you're the best. It's always great to be on with you. And I just want to say something real quick, Cody. I know you're in a hurry. Yeah, I want Raider Nation to know I appreciate you. I don't take you for granted. I have my job because you click. And I could do some clickbait to get more, but in the end of the day, I'm looking at this as a marathon and not a sprint. And I'm always going to tell you the truth, whether I whether you agree or not. I hope people respect the fact I'm telling you the truth. I'm a 50-year-old man that's done it a long time and been around the curb a little bit, and I'll let you know what I see from my perspective. God bless you, Cody. Thanks for having me. Talk soon again, Hondo. See ya. Bye, buddy. Bye-bye. Quarterback. Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, Nathan Peterman. And the way this whole thing first shook out was Derek Carr's the clear starter. If you didn't think that, sorry. <laughs> sorry for the disappointment. You shouldn't have set yourself up for disappointment. Um, while we're here, I guess it's crazy. You know, there's, there's people that doubt Carr, but they expected Mariota to win the job, right, to be the starter. They call Carr fans delusional. But here we are with Nathan Peterman probably outperforming him at camp so far. So, you know, whatever. Hey, whatever. I think we still got a really good lineup here of backup quarterbacks that are getting groomed, um, but it's D.C.'s team. Three quarterbacks. Bam. Running back. Josh Jacobs. We kept I, – I, I call it, I'll call it four with Alec Engel. Josh Jacobs, Jalen Richard, DeAndre Booker, and Alec Engel. I've seen some questions throughout the chat. I've seen some questions throughout the chat about Adrian Peterson and maybe DeAndre Washington. I, I see this as a possibility. That was the first thing I contemplated. Like, almost as soon as I found out about Lynn Moden. If Josh Jacobs goes down, he wasn't going to be the guy to take his place anyways. So if Josh Jacobs goes down, who's going to take his place? Who's going to take his place? Hopefully Adrian Peterson. That'd be nice. Maybe DeAndre Washington again, right? That'd be nice. Jalen Richard isn't the guy that's going to go in there and take on the full load. Devontae Booker is not going to be the guy that goes on there and, and takes on the full load. Just not going to happen. 
So I would be totally open. Looking at this 53. This isn't just because it's the 53. It's not the final 53. It's the initial, the initial, the initial 53-man roster. So that's how we got laid out. So one of the things that I can see, shout out to everyone that, that tagged this. I see you guys. Even though, even though you guys didn't win the water bottle, I'm, I'm still paying attention here, and I appreciate you guys voting. Um, I would like to see us add somebody. I would love to see us add somebody else. A true ball carrier. I'm cool. I, at first, I wasn't. I mean, it, it took me a while to get on board with Adrian Peterson, but I'd be totally on board with that. Bring back DeAndre Washington. I'm cool with that. I like my guy D Wash. Um, moving over. I seen another comment here. I want to hit on in a second. Wide receiver. We went six. I predicted seven originally. No Tyrell Williams. I saw the same wide receivers. Six. Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards, Zay Jones, Hunter Renfro, Nelson Aguilar, Rico Gafford. My guy Rico. Free Rico, baby. I really wanted this guy to make the roster. Had him on the podcast last year. Great dude. Humble dude. Loved doing the show. Um, really great. Appreciates the fans. Really appreciates the fans. Um, reached out to him earlier today just to congratulate him. Um, and he, and he, he really loves he loves the fan base and the support that he gets. I think he loves the – the free Rico hashtag. I think he loves that. Um, but obviously that led to the cut of Marcel Aitman and Keelan Doss. Keelan Doss being like the offseason superstar last year, the HBO star. Uh, I could see him hopefully being one of the stash spots. Sign Raider Cody is the long snapper. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Speaking of being a long snapper. Make sure you hit up Manscaped. Yeah. I don't know how that connected to being a long snapper. Manscaped. Promo code Raider Cody. Manscaped.com. Get 20% off. Little plug there. Um, I saw someone say Rico Gafford at running back. Not going to happen. He's a, he's going to be a wide receiver. He's going to absolutely be a wide receiver. I can see him getting in on the like punt return, kick return game. I'd love to see that speed. I mean, that's where I'd use him at Madden. So hopefully Rico Gafford gets in the mix on special teams. Wide receiver room kind of shook out like exactly how I expected. Hopefully going to see Keelan Doss um, sneaking in on the practice squad again. Tight end was a little surprise. Something that I was watching, though, because I knew that it was going to be one way or the other. I wanted us to just keep three tight ends again like last year. Given the injury, though, with uh, Moreau last year and obviously adding um, 64-year-old Jason Witten, it's not going to be a very like reliable tight end group yet. Like they got to prove themselves, right? So adding a fourth was something I definitely saw with Derek Carrier. And Derek Carrier, he's got, I don't want to say a fan favorite, but hey, we got some emotions tied to him after that game winner with with the Steelers. He's got some connections with Derek, um, plug and play guy. I like it. I like Derek Carrier. I like the four that we got set up here with um, Darren Waller, Foster Moreau, Jason Winton, and Derek Carrier. Offensive line. This is kind of, I don't want to say like I have an issue, but this is like me just being my, my, my Twitter GM mentality and kind of questioning and seeing what move we're going to make to kind of counteract this. But we obviously have our starting five. Colton Miller, Richie Incognito, Rodney Hudson, Gabe Jackson, and Trent Brown. Trent Brown's a guy we, we got to watch. Not sure what his thing is. Not, I'm not sure. A little nagging injury. 
I'm not sure what Trent Brown's deal is. I think he's going to be good to go, though, for the season. As long as he's healthy week one, I don't really care. I'm not, I'm not going to question it until the game comes around next weekend. And then if there's an issue, then I'm going to say, like, okay, come on. Like, what's going on? For now, I'm fine. For now, I'm fine. we got the starting five. Um, and then, of course, we have who I thought, you know, we had that trade. Then I thought Sam Young, the vet, he's like a like 10 or 11-year veteran or something, I think. Sam Young was going to be our swing tackle, our backup. He's going to come in and he's going to be our dude to fill in. And then we cut him. So we're left with Brandon Parker. Hey, look, I, I'll give every player a chance. If he developed and the, and the Raiders think that he can be a, a valuable uh, player on this roster, uh, uh, you know, a meaningful backup, then cool. But we have some bad memories of Brandon Parker. We have some bad memories of Brandon Parker. So hopefully, you know, he's kind of stepped his game up. Hopefully he can do his thing. But I would like to see us somehow hold on to Sam Young. He somehow got to stay stuck to the squad. Um, and I'm not really sure exactly how. Of course, we still kept um, some backup interior guys. Uh, Andre James, who backed up Rodney Hudson last year. Denzel Good, John Simpson, or just last was a fourth-round pick or whatever it was out of Clemson. Some interior offensive linemen. Um, but Sam Young, I could see coming around with maybe something moving in this next position group. I don't know why it would connect later and not now, but defensive line, defensive line is <laughs> when you're as shout out to JC Brock, when you're as big as Trent, there are no little injuries. <laughs> it's all big injuries when you're that big. That's funny. So, looking at defensive end, Max Crosby, Cleveland Farrell, Arden Key, Carl Nassib, Vickers. Came out of nowhere. I came out of left field. I see him being, like, bottom of the totem pole. He was an undrafted guy last year. forget who he played for. The t- the Off the top, it doesn't go that deep. But he was an undrafted guy. I know. He, he was picked up maybe, like, the Saints or something last year. I don't know. Anyways. He was released. We got a shot at him. Apparently, we're keeping him. Okay, cool. But I see him as bottom of the totem pole. One roster move. We got to make one roster move. We got to make one guy go. I think he's the first one. That's just how I see it. I'm just calling it how I see it. But I will say, Deion Jordan is available. He just got cut by the Niners, and I would love to bring back Deion Jordan. I felt like he played good for us last year, and I feel like he'd have a much better rotational role than Vickers, maybe even Nassib. Just saying, I'm just saying. Defensive end is it was interesting to me. We don't have we're not very deep there. There's a, there's a couple moves I think that can still be made. Yes, 16 practice squad shout out to 509. Whatever the discussion is in the chat, 16 practice squad. Six of them can be veterans, and I think four of them are considered um, like protected. So you can protect. Like if we put Javen White there, we can protect him. We put Keelan Doss there, we can protect him. Things like that. Defensive tackle. And defensive tackles, I think, one of my most improved positions that I see, my eyes, this year. Uh, of course, you know, getting another Malik Collins, Jonathan Hankins, Big Mo Hurst, Daniel Ross. We got a good group there. We got a good group. I'm completely 100% happy with our group of interior defensive linemen. That's going to bolster, I think, our pass rush more than anything. Of course, the same, like, kind of returners. I feel like we have the same talent at defensive end as last year, expecting our young guys to take another step, though. So. Defensive tackle, great. That's nine guys on the defensive line. Five ends, five uh, edge rushers, and four defensive tackles. Linebacker. Linebacker was interesting for me. 
Linebacker, of course, we got our two guys. Nick Witkowski, Corey Littleton. Those two guys are going to be our main two. Those are the dudes. They're going to be on the field 100% of the time. And most of the time, it'll probably be just those two. Just those two. That's it. So you have just those two out there most of the time on the field. You're going to have Nicholas Morrow rotating in. Um, you got your guy maybe on, 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 on passing downs. You got McMillan maybe rotating in. And, of course, we have Tanner Muse, who's going to be, I think, you know, in a way our special teamer, but can, you know, get in there and kind of start rotating as well. Um, two surprise cuts. Not surprise cuts, but Kyle Wilbur was a guy, not a surprise cut, but a tough cut, and I expected that to happen. But Javen White was a guy that I hoped would stick on the roster. I still I, – I'm going to call it now. I still think Javen White is going to get protected on the practice squad. I think Javen White at some point will be on the active roster in 2020. I got a lot of faith in him. Just maybe a little bit more, you know, development. Talented dude. You know, kind of one of those really athletic guys. But obviously, you know, they went in with McMillan because they were missing that, like, run-stuffing linebacker. You have Kwiatkowski, who's kind of your do-it-all guy in the middle. You have Corey Littleton, who's like a safety. You have Nicholas Morrow, who's your gadget guy that you insert on passing downs. And you have Tanner Muse, who's kind of the same thing, you know, kind of like uh, not really a safety, but he has the athleticism and the speed. He's not like a run-stuffer. Javon White was the same thing. You know, you can consider him like playing like a safety in coverage, um, grading coverage. When it came to stuffing the run, yeah, it was a big hitter, not afraid to get, you know, um, his nose dirty. Yeah, cool, whatever. But they, we needed McMillan, I think, more kind of to go in there and fill the shoes of Markel Lee. After we lost Markel Lee this year, he was kind of like our Sam that rotated in on short yardage uh, situations. Uh, so I think getting McMillan in there was, um, I guess, maybe the more important choice. But keep an eye on my guy, Jay Venn. Corner. So corner after the surprise cut of um, – Prince Mukamara, I already forgot his name. You leave, don't leave the team for more than a week, or I'm gonna forget your name. Uh, after Prince Mukamara was cut, it, it shook, this room shook out exactly how I expected it to. Trayvon Mullen, Damon Arnett, Lamarcus Joyner in the slot. You're gonna have Isaiah Johnson, I think, getting first reps, rotating on the outside if need be. My guy Keyshawn Nixon makes it, and Meek Robertson's gonna be sniffed on the heels of Nickel. I still think that I love Meek Robertson, and I know a lot of people are like kind of going in on Amik taking over Joiner spot. I don't think he's quite there yet. Yeah, a lot of people are frustrated with Joiner. I get it. Um, some of it's, you know, warranted. That's fine. But I still think that he's a better option. Um, shout out to Will. Appreciate you. Appreciate the kind words. Um, I still think that he's a better option to slot for now. Just because, mainly because Amik's been playing outside corner through college. Is he built? and have the talent and be good for the slot job. Yes. I think he'll get there, but it's going to take some work. You know, he's just got he just got to get used to it. He's got to get the mechanics down. He'll get there. He'll get his reps. Just because he's not starting in the slot doesn't mean he's not going to get his reps cuz guess what? As soon as you get in those dime packages, what do you need? You need your slot guys to get in there. So, um Amin Robertson I see rotating in there often early on. Um definitely earning that role. It's going to be it's going to be a little dogfight in there. So, I'm interested to see how that turns out, but um exactly how I expect it. Our two guys, Mullen and Arnett. That's the duo. I mean, we pretty much decided that early in camp. We didn't waste much time. Arnett got in there as the opposite starter of Trayvon Mullen, who's developing as a good leader. Said that at the beginning of the show. Very interested. Real quick, if you guys are watching this and you're not subscribed to this channel, subscribe now. While you're watching this live, 
This is fun. It's fun talking about the roster while this is live. Next week, I'm shifting over to post-game shows. So I'm not doing Saturday nights anymore. Next week, I'm shifting over to a post-game show. As soon as the game is over, we're going live here on YouTube. We're going live here on YouTube. So subscribe. Hit the thumbs up on this video as well. That's how, that's how we share things. That's how, that's how you get the, 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 the analytics. That's how you get everything you know fired up here on this channel. Hit that thumbs up. And helps other Raiders fans find this channel. Um, but yeah, post-game shows. I'm excited. As soon as the game's over, we're going live. And we're going to be taking live callers. Huh? You guys like that? Live callers on this channel. We're going to do our post-game show. Uh, open up like maybe an hour or so. And then we're going to take some callers at the end. So you can get on here and you can dish your opinion. I'll be posting the number on here while we're live. I'm excited. Anyways. Safety. Shout out to uh, Sonjoku in the chat. Yes. After last year. Yes, I have a ton of faith in this team as well, Sonjoku. Um, and if you haven't, subscribed to Sonjoku's channel. He does some live streamings as well. So if you guys need some more Raiders content, get in there. I, after last year, how can you not have faith in this young team, right? We could just be rolling on rookies like every single year at this point. And, and, and if our draft you know, our, our young guys, our rookies, our, our, our draft class, if they keep coming out the way that they've been coming out, I got faith in our young guys all the time. Get younger. Let's kill the narrative of John Gruden thinking he only wants old guys. That was funny. That was a fun thing for a year. Well, we sure squashed that. I'm sure paying off. So that was, that was a good little flip. Uh, but going into safety, Jonathan Abram is our starter, obviously. For anyone that has anything, any questions, I see Eric Harris. This is Eric Harris's job. He's been out there. He's been running with him. That's Eric Harris's job. So it's going to be his to lose. But I also like that we have a viable backup. Our third of, we have four total safeties. Jeff Heath coming in here can play any of the two positions, I think, in Gunther's scheme. Um, can be both a free safety, be like a box safety type, uh, very versatile safety. So I'm, I'm very happy with the backup safety that we have on the roster. And Dallin Levitt, um, a guy that has earned every single, not really snap because he hasn't played that many snaps, but he's earned, I believe, his role on the team with his special teams. Because you get into the fourth safety, you don't expect to really, really need him, so why not keep a dude around that's going to be great on special teams? Because it's not just offense, defense, it's all aspects of the game. That's one of them. Why is there Eli Apple in the chat? I'm confused. Why are we talking about Eli Apple, guys? Come on, man. We got a lot better stuff to talk about than Eli Apple. I'm just kidding. Talk about whatever you want. My thoughts on Tanner Muse. I will, I will talk about that right now because my thoughts on Tanner Muse, because I got them in like this little group. And this little group is of like three core special teamers that I think are going to make a big impact on that, you know, portion of the game. Tanner Muse, Dallin Levitt, and Jeff Heath. I've kind of mentioned that already. But Tanner Muse is, is going to be kind of developmental. I think he's going to be great. I think he's going to be great. And over time, you know, kind of loosen up the mechanics. He's good. He's fast. He's got the measurables. Um, he's got the athleticism. Um, but it's just kind of getting looser. You know, kind of feeling out your style, feeling out your, your, your senses, um, kind of getting that, that, that football vibe, that linebacker vibe. Um, I think and I think you'll get there. But right now, special teams war daddy, baby. I mean, he called it within a couple of days of being drafted. The special teams war daddy. So that's how I see that shaking out. And, of course, now wrapping out with 
Special teams, special teams. The rest, the kickers, right? Daniel Carlson, AJ Cole the third, and Trent Sieg, the long snapper. Which some people here think that I should be the long snapper, but let's leave this job to Trent Sieg. Let's leave it to Trent Sieg. Um, I'm okay with that. It was, it was interesting to see that nobody came in and competed with Daniel Carlson, but if they're confident, it's all mental. Carlson has the talent, and this is what's crazy about kickers, is it's all mental. He's got the talent. These guys get in funks because it's in their head. And, and if you guys understand doing little things like that, especially just, like just kicking a, you're just kicking a football. But kicking a football like that is so precise. It's so easy to just double think things, overthink things, not have a clear mind, or just be a little out, like not zoned in. You know, you're just not fully locked in there. It's easy for that kick to be off. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Cody for long snapper. Let's not get that going. Let's not get that going. Shout out to the chat. I appreciate everyone sitting here watching with me. This 2020, man, I'm so fired up. I am so amped up for this season. And although fans aren't going to be in the seats, this is what makes it so great about Raider Nation. This is why I love this fan base. This is why I love being a part of the silver and black. That's why I love talking to you guys because, you know, you, I mean, you fit right in with the mold. I mean, I, you guys are, are, are living, breathing, um, and sleeping Raiders football as fans, just like I do. Just because I sit up here on this platform doesn't make me any different than you. We're all just as passionate for this football team. And even though there's not going to be fans in seats, even though that this season isn't going to be as like nice as it should have been, even though we don't get to go in our new stadium, even though we don't get all these nice, nice things, or you know, we, we don't get the you know commodities that we should have, we're still so locked in and so fired up and so ready for this football season. We need it. I need it. I need it bad. Um, so it's cool to get. A lot of content through here. Cardboard cutouts. Interesting. I'm not sure. We're waiting to, to hear on that. But like I said, this I mean this this is the end of the show, guys. We'll wrap it up. Lots to talk about, lots to digest. I'm gonna have more opinions on it. We're gonna start. I'll put out like a midweek video, like a primer on the on the Raiders Panthers. Like I said, subscribe. Subscribe, turn on those bell notifications. What I got here. I don't know, I don't have it on. Just kidding. I thought I'd have it on. Should have had a subscribe button. Hit that thumbs up, hit that subscribe button, and we got this post-game show this next week, and I'm so pumped up for it. I mean, this is what it's all about, guys. We're here, 2020 football season, kicking off the Las Vegas Raiders inaugural season. Super pumped. Appreciate you guys joining me in the chat. That's all I got. Speechless after today. I'm going to digest some things. going to have more opinions for you in the middle of the week, and we will see you guys later. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts.